Praise the Lord again. Uh, thank you, Chad, and for Annalena. God is good. I, I'm probably going to date myself a little bit, but I remember years and years ago, I believe it was around uh, the fall of 66, we were living in Northern California, and I was just a little kid, just a baby. Uh, and, and my uh, dad was taking care of some livestock for, for uh, one of our neighbors. And so we were going to a grocery store that was going to give us all of their old produce so we could take the produce and, and feed it to the cattle. And, and, you know, and maybe if you've been around farming and uh, you kind of know how that works. But I remember we were driving and we were driving down toward uh, Sacramento area. And as we were driving through, my dad decided to turn on the radio. And I heard this glorious song. Yeah, I am six and a half, seven years old, and, and I hear the birds turn, turn, turn. And I thought, that is one of the greatest songs I've ever heard in my entire life, all six and a half years. And it was, it was amazing. And I had no idea, I had no idea that it was actually the first uh, eight verses out of the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 3. It was... Uh, and I want to read that to you for a moment. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, the, the author, the, the preacher in the Old Testament, he says, To everything there is a season, and a time to every purpose under heaven. I want you to, to, to let the words sink in. To everything there is a season, and a time to every purpose under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck that which is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together. Time to embrace, and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to get, and a time to lose. A time to keep, and a time to cast away. A time to rend, and time to sow. A time to keep silence, and a time to speak. A time to love, and a time to hate. A time of war and a time of peace. Now the song that, that the birds sang in the 60s was focusing on, uh, this, they added a line, I pray it's not too late. They were focusing on world peace, and I understand that. But here's what I take from this passage of Scripture, that God is a God of order and purpose. That there's nothing that happens that is not intentional that sometimes there are seasons in this life that, that we can tell. I know in, in some places people have four seasons. They have spring, summer, autumn, and, and then winter. And in Florida, we have hot and really hot. And praise God, the really hot's going away, and we're just going to have hot weather. Uh, it's going to be great. 
But there are seasons in our lives. There are times that, that, that you know, the seasons when you have young children, and then that goes, and then you have grandchildren. Everything is, is done in a proper sequence. God is a God of order. God is a God of purpose. Nothing happens that does not, that God does not understand. I'm going to say that again. Nothing happens. Nothing happens in the world. Nothing happens in, in, in your life that, that takes God by surprise. That He looks at and says, wow, I did not see that happening to you. Isn't that a comfort? Isn't that a comfort? That, that there are... There are Things in this life that we don't understand. If you would have asked me three weeks ago uh, if I was going to go through what I had, it, I would have said, no, I doubt it. Um, but surprise, surprise. And yet God is still faithful. And God is good. And I may not understand every, everything that goes on. I mean, I look around in our world today, and I see a lot of chaos, and I see a lot of confusion. I see a lot of, of Christians that are, that are worried. They're concerned that, that, that they're, they're focused, and they're taking the temperature of, of our culture, and they're saying, oh, we're, we're ill. We need, we need something. And, and I have determined that I would rather be a thermostat than a thermometer, I would rather not just know the temperature, but I would like to be the gauge that turns up the heat. And you do that when you understand that God is always in charge. You may look around and you may say, well, I, I see that, that, uh, that the world is in confusion, or you see that, that the church, or even our own personal church, that we've had so much illness. But what I see is I see a season of time, and I see revival coming. I see God's hand at work. Even though I don't understand it, I understand that God is in charge. Because what the, what the writer of, of Ecclesiastes continued on, he said, I have, in verse 10, he says, I have seen the travail which God has given to the sons of men to be exercised. He sees their work. And he says, and God has made everything beautiful in its time. Now, that's a hard one to really look at, that God has made everything beautiful in his time. But look what he goes on to say. He also has set eternity in the hearts of men. Well, you say, well, what does that mean, that God has set eternity in the hearts of men? I'll tell you what it, it means to me, that, that even those times when you don't understand the seasons of life, whether you have to endure a time of loss or a time of gain, whether you're walking through a difficult time or a time of blessing, whatever it may be, there, there are times in this life that you're just not going to understand why the season of life that you're in, but God has placed eternity in our hearts that helps us understand that though I may not comprehend today, I know that God is forever and God is in charge. And even though I don't understand the season, I understand God. 
And though I may not know what's going on today, I know whose hand has my hand, and everything is going to be okay. I, I want to talk to you today just briefly. We know we are part of something bigger than us because God has placed it in us. And, and it's, as Job said, he said his days were passing as a weaver shuttle. I don't know if you've ever watched a weaver, uh, but man, they, they, they are amazing. And, but when you look at the bottom part of the tapestry, it's pretty ugly. Have you ever seen the bottom part of a rug? It's like, oh, this is ugly. You know, it's got strings everywhere. But when you look at the top side... You see this majestic pattern. Sometimes I look at our lives, and I, I kind of look at that, that some of the seasons in our lives and some of the difficult times that we walk through in our lives, that, that we look at it, and we're seeing the bottom part. We don't understand. We can't comprehend everything that God's doing in His providence. We, can't, we don't grasp the full measure of the work of God in our lives, and we're seeing that bottom part of, our, of the tapestry of our life, and it looks confusing, and it looks like it, it's just in ruin, and God the whole time is looking at it from the top and saying, if you could see the pattern that I'm creating in you. I want to encourage you, whether you're here today or here, if you're watching online, I want to encourage you that God has a plan and a purpose for you. And it doesn't matter what your, your uh, dreams look like today. In the middle of of your disappointment, God is at work. In the book of Ruth, I'm just going to talk about it because uh, I, I'm not going to read it I, for just for the sake of time. I would encourage you to read the book of Ruth. It's the most amazing story in the Old Testament about Christ, about our kinsman redeemer. But here's, Ruth is married to Elimelech, and, and they're, they're Israelites, and they decide that because that there's a famine in, in Israel that they relocate to Moab. Now, Moab is a, is a country that's close, it, it's connected, but they serve foreign gods. And, and Elimelech is there with, with his wife, Naomi, and, and their two sons, Malon and Chilion. Malon and Chilion decide that they're going to marry Moabite women. And so they're there. They're there for 10 years, and Elimelech, her husband, dies. She's left with her two sons and her daughters-in-law. And then Malon dies. And then Chilion dies. And Naomi is left with her two daughters-in-law that don't even serve her God. She is in despair. She is in a foreign country. She is without a husband. She is without her, her sons for substance. She is in despair. And yet the entire time, God's continual province is already at work in her life. Romans Romans 8.28 says, For we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those that love God and are called according to His purpose for them. There is hope even when you can't see it. There is hope and blessing even when things look like it's upside down and you're in despair. God does not give up 
on us. Philippians 1.6, being confident of this very thing, that he which has begun a good work in you shall perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. That simply means it doesn't matter what the world throws at you. It doesn't matter what season of life you're in. It doesn't matter what the adversary is, is speaking into your heart. God, if he has started a good work in you, there's not enough devils in hell to stop God's purpose and plan for you. Naomi didn't realize it. Naomi was, was upset. Naomi had lost everything that she had, everything that she dreamed of. Naomi didn't realize that God was working on her behalf. Naomi decided that she would, that she would become bitter. Naomi decided that she was upset, and she didn't realize that God's providence was already in her life. It was her daughter-in-law, Ruth. Isn't that incredible? That sometimes we can, we can see it through our shattered dreams. We, we look at it and we don't even recognize God's providence. And so I want to, to encourage you today to, number one, look for the providence of God. Because God is always there. Philippians 1.6, I just quoted it, that God will always continue the work he has started in you until the day of Jesus Christ. That work was already there. And here's the amazing thing. Here's, here's Naomi, here's Ruth, and, and, and they are in Moab, and, and then Naomi hears that God is blessing Israel. And decides to make the journey home. If you want to see, and here's the first thing that I would really want to point out to you, that if you want to see the handiwork of God in your life, you have to act on what he's put before you. When he, she heard that Israel was blessed, she didn't stay in her circumstance, but she rose and said, I'm going home. I don't know maybe where you're at in your relationship with God, whether you're here, you're online, but I do know this at the very first step that for you or for me or for anybody else in, in this life is, is simply num number one, embracing God's providence and you must move toward him. Ruth 1.6 said, Naomi heard in Moab that the Lord had blessed his people in Judah and said, I am going to return to my homeland. She said, I have had enough of this. I am not going to sit here in, in my despair, but I am going to move toward the blessings of God. And if in our own lives, when we look around and, and there are times that, that we can feel despair, we can feel upset, we can feel the turmoil, and yet there are, there's some in there that you have to be like like David was at Ziklag when he had lost everything lost his family lost his 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 fortune lost everything he had and, and, and the men that were following him wanted to do, to pick up rocks and throw them at him and and he had to get to the place where the Bible says that he encouraged himself in the Lord. He asked the priest, is there, is there an ephod or is there a gown of worship? And he put that on and began to worship 
the Lord. I would say the very first thing that you want to do if, you, if you're in a season of life that you don't understand, number one is move toward God. Get on that ephod of praise and say, though, though things may not be the way I thought they should be, I'm still going to praise you, I'm still going to worship you, and I'm still going to follow the presence of God in my life. Number one, embrace God's presence. Number two, you have to understand that God's plan will never leave you. Naomi, Naomi tried to persuade Ruth, tried to persuade God's blessing out of her life and said, stay here. And Ruth said, no, no. See, because God had already blessed Ruth with a heart that was already prepared. And she, she was already to the place that she said, wherever you go, I go. And whatever your gods are, that's my gods. And, and whatever your land is, that's my land. And your people are my people. There, God always has providence. God always puts people in your life to speak hope and encouragement and to lift you up. So understand that you may not every, understand everything that God is doing, but embrace his providence. Understand that God's plan will never, ever leave you. And I think probably the most crucial thing that, that we could do is we need to guard our heart and not blame Ruth, in one twenty, she said, Don't call me Naomi, but call me Mara, or bitter, for the Almighty has made my life bitter for me. She was so wrapped up in the things that she saw and the things that she experienced that it almost overwhelmed her life. Have you ever been there? You ever been there where you had all these dreams and fabulous plans and then they just turned upside down and you wondered what is going on, what, what's happening in my life, what, why are we where we are? And, and you look around and you say, I, I don't understand this. And, and it's, it's easy sometimes to look around because you're serving God and you're saying, well, God, I've, I've given you my whole life and, and yet nothing's working out the way I thought it should work out at this moment. And, and, and it's easy to, to blame God. And the adversary wants you to blame God. The adversary wants to, for you to look at, at your life and to look at the lives of those around you and say, if God was good, why would this happen? But we need to understand that God always has a, a, a provision ready for us that God always has. And it's not God. She didn't understand. Naomi didn't understand that God was using her circumstances to bring Ruth to Israel because Ruth was part of the lineage of Christ. Could it be that God has a greater plan and purpose for your life than what you think? Could it be that the things that you are, have experienced, that the things that you have walked through, the difficult times that you, have, that you have endured, could it be that God is using them because God has prepared a Ruth in your life to speak life and hope and to see the purpose and plan of God revealed in his kingdom? And he is using you to bless the nations. Guard your heart. Don't allow 
anything to allow a rift between you and God. Always trust His provision. At the end of the day, Ruth was able to hold her grandchild that Ruth and Boaz, or Naomi rather, that Ruth and Boaz had. And she was the recipient of great blessing. It didn't come the way she thought. But she worked through her difficult times and she saw the provision of God. I want to encourage you today. I'm going to ask Chad if he would please come. Always remember that God provides a redeemer. That even in difficult times, even in times uh, of shattered dreams, even in times when things look like your, your life is upside down and it will never be the same. God has a Ruth for every Naomi. God has a provision for every shattered dream. God has a plan and a purpose. He is not a God of, of happenstance, but he is a God of order, and he is a God of blessing, and he is a God of joy, and he will give you beauty for ashes. Trust in him. Would you stand with me, please? Father,